The following thoughts, opinions, stories, and expressions are meant for those who will appreciate them. If you don't, we hope you keep an open soul to encounter another here on 34 Questions. Peace. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight we have a very special guest. Peter Sage, a.k.a. Sage the Barber, is in the house. How you doing, Peter? Doing great, man. Uh, such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you for making time for this. Uh, you know, um, I know time is money, too. Time is very valuable. So I, I definitely appreciate, you know, you m- taking time out of your day to come through and uh, your openness to share your story. So absolutely, how you, bro. How you feeling? You feeling ready or absolutely? I'm ready. Cool. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. happy to be here, man. For sure, man. And I'm happy Always to have love you conversation. For sure. For sure. Uh, well, so do I. And I think that's why we can vibe and, uh, and have a good conversation. So for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions, some warm up questions just to set the tone. And then after that, you'll be able to either choose your own destiny or we could turn to the wheel of fate. Um, and then after all that, we'll jump into the final stretch with some closeout questions. Sound good to you, Peter? perfect all right man well my very first question for you is how have you been um you know it's been a crazy couple years and i don't think there's gonna be an end to it in sight uh how you been man you've been doing great doing good how you been man that's never an easy question to answer fully but uh i guess to summarize it's been the most transformative period of my entire life um and I, I feel so grateful. I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm 19. So, um, I've been living with my folks. Um, my mom lives in Detroit now. My pop just moved back to the Bay. Um, but for the last six years or so, I've been living in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They both lived in town. Um, but I grew up in the Bay. I grew up in San Francisco until I was 13. And then I moved to, uh, to Michigan, um, in my, my early teens. And, uh, that's where I was for the start of the pandemic. Um, and then I'm actually going to school as well. So I left state for school. Um, I'm in a very fortunate situation there as well, but, um, obviously like the barbering took a a pretty big slap with COVID, but I I'm very fortunate that I was still living with my folks and it was fine. I didn't have to, uh, I didn't, I didn't have to sacrifice, um, any of my the rest of my lifestyle other than my work i I was lucky to be taken care of um by my family so um but you know it was a lonely time beginning of quarantine for sure had to learn how to be alone um and then spend a lot less time with people um i think conversation is maybe my number one way of learning learning from other people's personal experiences and the interactiveness of conversation is so helpful for me. Um, that like, if I'm reading a book or just listening to a podcast or a video or something, it's, it's one way transmission of information versus actually actively engaging with it. So I think I had to, um, give up some of that, give up my attachment to that form of learning for a while. Um, even in school, just being able to ask questions, um, gave some of that engagement. So, shifting my learning into entirely one way non-engagement with the 
like not being able to put my ideas back out into the material. That was definitely a shift, but, uh, man, so I got a bit off track from your question. So past, uh, the beginning of quarantine, um, as things started to open up a little bit more and I went to school, um, I, I made some of the most amazing friends I could have ever imagined. And, uh, those folks have definitely influenced me in amazing ways. Um, about a year and a half ago now, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I, uh, I started a meditation practice and I think that has been the single most important thing I've ever learned. Um, that has been absolutely transformative to my experience in each moment. Um, what I think I am, who I think I am and my relationships with other people have been affected. Um, and so I think that carries on to this day. And, uh, as I stay connected with that practice, it continues to influence my life a lot. Um, so I think I owe an enormous thanks to meditation and the resources that I learned about that from. So I guess I would characterize the last two years as both the hardest time of my life and the best time of my life. Um, peak moments and, and moments in the gutter, um, you know, connection beyond belief and loneliness deeper than I had imagined uh, before that time period. So it's just been, I think everybody has gone through some of that. Um, I've just been trying to coming out of that, spread as much love as I can. Um, and, and not forget that this life started and will end, you know, it's easy to lose sight of that and get mad at a stranger in traffic or something, but just trying to keep it in sight that like, we're really all in it together and we got to stick together. Um, so yeah, I guess to summarize one more time, um, it's been a very transformative time. It's been good. It's been hard, but I'm grateful for all of it. You know, um, trying to keep my head up and keep going, learn from everybody I come into contact with and, and give them the respect they deserve. For sure, man. Uh, first off, I want to let you know, don't worry about rambling. Don't worry about getting off topic. I, I want, I want that from my guests, you know, when they get that flow of just consciousness, you feel me? I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, so don't, don't feel like you got to like hold yourself back is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Great. But yeah, man, damn, a meditation practice at 19. Uh, how's it going for you? I, like <laughs> you mentioned a lot of things I want to touch upon, but let's start off with that. Uh, yeah. Meditation practice at 19. How's it going so far? You said, you said it's going well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had some difficult experiences with it as well. Um, the platform I practice with, um, or at least the guided practice that I, I use is through the waking up, uh, course. Um, and there's some pretty direct pointing at the sense of self, um, the feeling of like being located behind your face. There's some exercises in that app that like press at that pretty hard. Um, and I had some uncomfortable experiences watching my, my sense of self leave where I felt like it was located in my head to, to feeling like thoughts are out there with everything else in the midst of consciousness. That was a change that definitely, um, came with some difficulty for me, but overall, especially in the beginning, before I started to press on that doorway, um, I found just the increased concentration from practice, like freedom from thoughts that would cause me shame or regret 
Um, Because obviously I think like regret and shame can be useful to a point, but I think 99% of it is useless. You know, it just like plagues us and makes us worse people to other people. Um, From my perspective, at least that's been my experience with it. So freedom from that in moments where it wasn't helpful. And obviously like that's an uphill battle. I think it seems to me like the mind maybe in an effort to protect itself is chattering about everything that's gone wrong and could go wrong. Um, And so like just becoming more aware of that flow and instead of getting on the train every time and getting carried away, learning to get off the train at the first stop and like watch that crazy thought flow by instead of identifying with it and being like, yeah, I really should feel that way that that thought just made me feel. But saying like being able to recognize that's a thought and it doesn't actually mean anything about me on some deep level. It's just a, it's a temporary appearance in, in my mind. It will come and it will go if I just don't hang on to it. And so I guess learning that that's a, a fact about the mind, that, that thoughts come and go, and that as soon as someone, or as soon as you notice that the thought is there and that you're not just distracted thinking, um, as soon as you notice the thought as a thought, it starts to shift and morph and very quickly goes on its way. And noticing that fact about the mind has been like an ultimate source of freedom for me. And then also noticing that like my automatic reactions to things, I would say usually aren't how I want to react. So like in conversation, say with my own mother, you know, like somebody that I would easily die for. And I mean, at this point, I'm starting to, I want to extend that to every person, but it's natural for me to feel that kind of commitment to my own mother. Even with her, like, I think anybody knows, like with the people you love most, you still feel irritation or whatever it is. But I'm now able to notice that almost immediately and say like, this is the woman that gave me life. You know, I have nothing but the deepest unconditional love for her. And this like, blip in my mood that says nothing about us and like i don't need to take that so seriously i can just like let that come let it go i don't have to get mad at myself for feeling it either because we are all built to do that but i don't have to actually act on it and that was probably one of the biggest changes that came for me from my meditation practice was realizing that there's not like the first reaction to something doesn't force any particular path of action like and if you don't notice it it might but like if you can notice that you feel like upset at somebody or something like that you don't actually have to go and act on it and say something stupid and like hurt somebody's feelings or make somebody's day worse or your own really i feel like i never look back on something mean i said like unless it's it's one thing if it's playful with your friends or whatever and you're joking around just roasting but like if it's a a person and they take it personally like i never want to put that pain on somebody and sometimes like man i look back on like shit people used to say in middle school and like i'm sure some of those ruthless comments stuck with people and so obviously you're at that age we were kids and like it didn't mean anything but i'm trying to take that realization into my life now and not make any comment to somebody that might stick with them in a negative way um and then there was a a kind of meditation practice that I, I uh, discovered through the app I use called Meta or loving kindness meditation. And um, that's been a really interesting practice for me. I, I have 
more difficulty being consistent with that practice than I do with like a mindfulness practice. Um, it's easier for me to like take 30 minutes every day for a while. I was practicing a couple hours a day. Um, it's been harder for me to make that time recently. Um, but it's easier for me to take that time because 100% of the time, like my day goes better when I do that. Like, I don't think that there's ever been a time where like my day has gotten worse because I've like sat and focused on my breath for half an hour or whatever it was. But with this loving kindness practice, I find it difficult to like have the same dis discipline, but it's gotten me in touch with the potential for me to like really unconditionally love every being. And like, I think I do, you know, I, and I think it's in all of us. I think like all of us have, there's a piece of us deep down in there that wants to like love everybody like family. And that it's just covered up by all of the, the messed up stuff that happens in our lives and in the world that tells us you need to, you need to hold people at a distance to be safe. You're not safe to let everybody in at that, the closest space. Cause they'll hurt you. Somebody will take advantage of you. And like, unfortunately at this point in time, like that's true. You couldn't trust any person in the, in the world to return your kids safe to you if they were lost. And that's like, that's something that at some point after one of these like loving kindness practices where in the practice, you basically, you think about somebody that you love and you wish them ha happiness or freedom from suffering. And then you can transfer it to somebody you don't like. And that's a really interesting experience um, where like, you build up all this love in the mind and then you bait and switch, you put in a different person that you don't usually feel that for. And like, that was so freeing for me to feel that for somebody that I'm generally irritated by or every, like to, to imagine it as like a wave going over the world. At some point I imagined a world where like, if you got lost in any country, anywhere in the world, any neighborhood, you could, knock on somebody's door and they would greet you as their own as their son as their daughter you know or whatever any any human being regardless of any characteristic of yours that you would be greeted as family and like that made me cry man thinking about a world where everybody is family to every person and i mean that's like utopia of utopias but i was like we might as well try to move it an inch in that direction because there's so many events pushing it away from that, you know, more defensiveness, more trauma that people will be dealing with generations from now. And so just like every interaction is an opportunity to, to, to leave somebody a little bit less stressed, a little bit more hopeful about the state of people as a whole. But yeah, um, I think meditation has given me, um, I think a lot of freedom from uh distraction although I, I mean i get distracted all the time but like all the suffering distraction causes when it doesn't get interrupted at least periodically um that like before learning to meditate just the chaos of mind all the self-hatred and judgment judgment towards other people that i knew there's a part of me that didn't want that but it still goes on and like being able to step in and say like hey you know that's not me that's all of the bad stuff that happened to you talking and like you get to get off that train you know and like it's okay to get off that train and like you want you want that for other people too like ultimately i think nobody made themselves nobody signed the paperwork to show up here in a world where all the messed up stuff that happens here happens and like nobody signed the paperwork they just got dropped down on this planet 
And like, even if they do bad things, like they didn't sign that paperwork either to show up as the person who would do that. You know, like I can't explain that I was born Peter Sage and not, you know, I don't, a name isn't coming to mind, but some bad figure that did bad things. I can't explain that. And so like, ultimately I think every single being um, is family, but it's hard to feel that all the time. It's easy to glimpse it and then like whatever, BS gets in the way and interrupts that. But meditation practice, one, helped me glimpse it in the first place and has helped me to integrate that and how I interact with other people. So I think it's difficult for me to overstate how big of an effect uh, meditation practice has had on my life. And oh man, the other side of boredom, like the fact that anywhere prior to learning to meditate, I would just pull out my phone <laughs> and like scroll through Instagram for two minutes. If I was in line somewhere waiting for food or something, <laughs> Pull yeah. out my phone, scroll on Instagram, check Snapchat. And I real oh, hanging out with friends. People would be on their phones and people still are, but I try not to do that as much anymore because I've realized I honestly think the thing that makes experiences worthwhile and, and like meaningful is clear attention. And like I think that's why like weed helps a lot of people, is it helps them slow down and pay attention to the experience. Um and like, I think for other people, like or just any recreational drug use, it helped. I think people like it. I mean, I'm not judging any of that. I'm saying that's all like, it can be a healthy thing for sure for some people, but if it, it helps people connect with what's going on right now. And so I honestly think that's like the core of meditation or like a big part of meditation is noticing clearly what's happening right now. And like, if you can get like blissed out and like feel so connected to the present moment, just like noticing your own breath. Like it's hard to find anything else boring after like really integrating that. And so um, that's not to say that I don't forget that and like find myself reaching for my phone. Like first thing when I wake up, I still fall into the traps, but at least I can get a break from it now and then when I remember. And like when I have that practice every day, I try to do it at least once or twice a day, take a uh, 30 minutes or more to meditate. I try every day. Um, and in those moments, I really get to break the cycle. And it's a lot like my ex the experiences I've had. Well, I don't know if I want to touch that, but I think that clear attention ultimately is like what makes experiences meaningful to me. And like when other people describe what their most meaningful experiences are like clear attention, like vivid memory of it always is part of it. So I think meditation really helped me with that a lot. And, uh, you know, I hope more folks get some, discover something like that for them, even if it's not meditation, but something that connects them with freedom from all the thoughts that cause the suffering, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, like, thank you for your quality answers. Uh, you know, we're, we're still on the first question and we've already, we've already like busted through 20 <laughs> minutes of this thing. Um, so thank you. There's a, there's a lot of the stuff that you, you said that I, I want to touch on even more so now. Um, for, so you had mentioned, well, just you're 19 meditating. Is this a thing that's like being picked up by, I don't want to say generation. I don't think we're too far. I'm 31. You're 19, but I don't think that counts as a generation, but I feel like when I was 19, it wasn't like people were into meditating as much. Um, do you think that's that's growing on like, you know, your friends and, you know, the people around your age? Is that a wave that's kind of taking over? Not taking over, but 
influencing you guys or i think absolutely i mean i think just the fact that you can connect with it through the internet and like that there's so many people now putting content out there and that's not to say that it's all good but like there's enough people testifying that this stuff like benefited them that like i think more people think about it like when i first heard like the person whose app i use when they described what changed in their life because of their meditation practice and like ultimately like the freedom that can be accessed through a meditation practice i was like well that sounds pretty phenomenal and like <laughs> that sounds like something i could practice in my own home or anywhere like i don't need to go somewhere like half a century ago like you had to like it was unlikely that you were going to find uh you know an amazing teacher in the west unless you were in a major american city like if you were in grand rapids michigan like there wasn't a zen center or whatever to go to maybe if you were in like san francisco or or somewhere on the east coast but if you were anywhere in in the midwest or, or elsewhere in the united states i doubt there were that many notable teachers and I don't think information about where the teachers were was as accessible as it is now. Now you don't even need to go anywhere. You can practice in your home. And that's not to say that there, there's not like additional value in practicing with a teacher one-on-one. -on -one. I'm sure there's a ton of benefit to that. And like my difficult experiences, which I didn't talk about very much in the last question, I think it would have been so helpful to have a teacher say like, hey kid, here's what you're doing wrong. Like you don't have to do that here's what you you do instead because i had to figure that out on my own and go through some stuff that i it, go through very difficult stuff to to understand that first um and that's not to say there's not benefit to figuring it out with yourself but i think having the assistance of a teacher could be really helpful but anyway on why so many more people even half a generation you know a half a generation younger than you have more access and, and exposure or why more people are doing it. I think it's because of access and exposure. There's just so much free stuff on YouTube. Um, a teacher that I really love, uh, his name's Mingyur Rinpoche. Um, and, uh, he's like a Tibetan teacher. He, he teaches from the Tibetan Buddhist lineage. Um, and he's just like the sweetest guy and like so compassionate and like understanding non-judgmental he's funny and like he has a ton of free meditation stuff available uh on youtube and then his website even more stuff and so that's just one teacher and millions of people view each of his videos and so people from around the world internationally probably probably 50 plus countries are watching his videos that wasn't possible 30 years ago and so um i think the internet and then app formats have probably made meditation way more accessible. I do think there's like very different kinds of meditation. Um, obviously very different, like people mean a lot of different things by meditation. Um, but like specifically mindfulness practice, um, there's just so many ways to access that now. And, uh, like, I don't know when, like mindfulness-based stress reduction uh, was like first introduced in like as something that could be prescribed to patients medically. But like now obviously people are recommended 
basically recommended meditation by their doctors. Although I bet you it's way under recommended. Like I think the fact that meditation isn't taught in schools as something that we all learn growing up, I think that that is like a huge blind spot. Mm. Um, that, that that's something that could potentially have so much benefit to like equip young folks with the ability to understand their own minds better and like watch emotions come up just like the amount of probably like well kids are kids i guess but it's it's hard to know exactly but i imagine it could have a big effect but yeah i think that like youtube and then all the apps that are available now and advertising for those apps probably just exposes so many more people and then like so many people in my generation i think watch podcasts regularly or at least um at least like the people I've been in contact with, I talk to a lot of people who watch a lot of podcasts and people use social media a lot. And I think that meditation is mentioned frequently enough on those platforms that folks are getting exposed to, to its potential benefits or, or testimony about its potential benefits, which gets them interested. And then there's a bunch of ways they can practice. And so, yeah, for me, I watched a podcast. I heard somebody talk about, I heard many people talk about their lives being changed. And I was like, this sounds like something I should, I should explore. Um, yeah. Yeah. At least give it a shot. You know, um, I, I, we could, we, we could keep going, but I do want to kind of like progress through, through the interview a little bit more. Uh, so for sure. yeah, yeah. No worries. If anything, we may have a part two somewhere down the line. If you're, if you're open to it. Uh, amazing but uh all right man let's jump into some warm-up questions uh this next one is you've kind of spoken about yourself a little bit but is there anything else you'd like the audience to know about you sure um so i'm a barber um i cut hair uh i guess i should i should give the caveat that i'm not like I don't work in a shop. I work out of my basement. Um, and now I cut in the dorm. Um, but my, my Instagram is at Sage the Barber. Um, that's something that I picked up uh, in eighth grade. I started cutting from my, my friends that needed haircuts and, and couldn't really go to the barber shop. Um, so they let me mess around on them and I had so much fun. Originally it started as a I wanted to fade and I was having a, tr I was having a, a hard time getting the haircut that I wanted. So I thought I should try to do it myself. And, uh, I ended up getting some equipment and uh, messed up on myself really bad, but I had so much fun. And, uh, I started watching Barber YouTube and just like geeked out watching these like crazy transformation videos. And I wanted to be able to do that. So I started cutting in eighth grade and over the years started cutting for more and more people. Here we are. Um, I'm about to, to start my sophomore year of college in a couple weeks here. Um, and then at my school, I cut hair for, for quite a few people. Um, and that's been a huge source of social connection and um, an opportunity to learn about other people and their amazing stories, soak up their, their wisdom and experiences um, and share mine and, and connect. It's difficult in this time, especially COVID, with COVID on campus to connect with other people. Um, so that's just been an enormous blessing. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm a student. I'm studying. I'm actually studying cognitive neuroscience at school. Um, and so ultimately, I want to uh, 
I want to expand the research being done on the therapeutic use of psychedelic drugs um, and, and potentially bringing clinics into, uh, I think there's a lot of communities that are underserved with uh, the psychedelic experience and that I think just about, I think most healthy adults could, could really benefit from that experience based on um, all the, the testimony and the new scientific literature that's out there. So I hope to, to one day work to expand that research and hopefully ultimately, I think all of us, nearly all of us are dealing with some type of baggage from childhood or whatever it is, difficult experiences that hold us back. And um, I think that the psychedelic experience based on um, a lot of evidence that's out there, I think that that will be a very fruitful way for a lot of us to deal with that in future times. Um, and, and ultimately, I think the goal is collective liberation and uh, finding a, a way for all people to uh, connect and find love for one another ultimately is, uh, is my goal. And I think that there's a lot of personal healing that needs to happen first. Uh, just obviously, I know that from my own experience um, and from all the people I've ever talked to that have been through anything like people go through difficult stuff and we, we got to be there for each other. So um, I'm excited to, to try to work in that someday, but um, that's, that's kind of where I'm trying to go in with my career. Although obviously I, I cut hair, but I, I decided I wanted to, to take it another direction as well, even though I'm still doing the, the barbering thing in school. Hey man, you could do it all. Don't, don't feel like you got to limit yourself. Uh, but that's dope, man. Cognitive neuroscience. That's what it is. What is it? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I've had my experiences with uh, psychedelics as well. Uh, and I will say, man, the first time I tried it, um, or the first time I, <laughs> I know there's, there's different ways and there's ways that you should do it where you're not taking so much at a time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, for me, I was in college and, uh, I don't know what the right dosage is, but I was taking basically an eighth for a trip. So it would last like, you know, six hours, six to eight hours long, which may be a little bit too long, but, uh, you know, when I, <laughs> when I, when I did try it, um, you know, I, I felt like I let I let go of a lot of shit, man. Like it it was a trip. Mm. You know, like that the, the reoccurring thought in my head is like, why am I tripping? Like off these little things. Like you know, this this shit doesn't even matter. <laughs> you know, and this feeling like uh. I was this small insignificant thing. You know, with the whole rest of the universe and how we're all connected. And it served me better. You know, honestly, like after that experience, like you know, I'm not. I'm not as anxious as I was before or I, I wouldn't be as depressed as I was before like because all everything just seemed like little stuff afterwards you know uh so yeah wow. I mean, yeah it's I, I could talk about that all the time and that's why I, I you know the more the merrier in my mind so anytime I come across it again and the the time and the you know stars align I try to get more folks to try it to experience it because mm. I feel mm. I believe in it right um, but not everybody has that experience, you know? Not everybody, mm. you know, feels like something's getting lifted off. It almost feels like more things are being put on, which, um, you know, after I kind of had that experience, I was very careful of, like, who I kind of, like, you know, try to talk to with or try to promote it with. Because I don't want to put somebody in a spot where they hate it you know, and, like, or, you know, it hurts them in a way. Because I don't think that's what it's meant for. Um, so I realized also the person person themselves have has to be kind of open to it and looking for it 
um if any part of them is is you know like in doubt or they are questioning whether or not they should be doing it then i think that that turns the experience into a negative way um so i try to make that clear uh and yeah man it so you know whatever you're studying study it more and you can let me know because I don't know. I don't know how to explain the profound effect it's had on me, other than you mm. know the way I think about things. But yeah, I don't know. Have, have you heard similar stories from other folks as well? Or absolutely, yo. And I mean, I'm so I'm grateful to be able to hear about your experience with that. Every every person that uh, that shares their their personal experience with me with that stuff, it means so much because uh, I think that is just such a a life changing experience for those who who have that experience that you described but i think like there's a, there's a warning that should accompany any suggestion to it's so I, I appreciate what you said about like not it's not always the right time to like recommend it to somebody and that like there's some people who at this point might want to consider not tripping at all so people with like a sibling or a parent with schizophrenia might want to consider not tripping um because it's not the psychedelic drugs on their own cause onset of schizophrenia or other psychotic disorders, but they can generate a level of stress high enough that you would that, that some people might experience onset. Because uh, from my understanding, schizophrenia and other psychoses are, are often triggered by very high levels of stress. So it can be any stress or a breakup, um, grieving somebody's death that, that will trigger onset for people, but psychedelic difficult psychedelic experiences can be a trigger because of their enormous amount of stress that they generate. Um, and so some people really should be careful. And, um, I think if somebody's considering taking a psychedelic drug, um, there's ample evidence from, I think all over the place, uh, collective anecdotal experience. And now, um, increasingly stuff that's done in the lab that if somebody is, is currently feeling very difficult emotions before they even take the drug and like if that's something that they usually feel like if somebody is, is living with um, major depressive disorder or generalized anxiety disorder if they're going to take a psychedelic they might want to prepare for weeks journaling and setting intentions for the experience and then there's now people that you can connect with online or especially in the Bay Area, there's plenty of people actually in that location that you could connect with. But um, there's like therapists and like there's other people who aren't qualified in any documented sense, but they do this um, because they're passionate about it. People who help others integrate these difficult psychedelic experiences. So I think that a lot of times when it's people like you and me taking these things, like we're left to our own devices to deal with whatever happens. And if you, if you see the divine and see like the interconnectivity of all beings and like a bunch of stuff that really you want to take on board, it's not as difficult to, to take that and integrate it. But if you see that like you're doing all this stuff wrong and like there's all of this, there's a monster in you that, that you got to look right in its face, and that thing is so damn scary and you can't help but look away. If you don't have somebody who's trained or very experienced to help walk you through that experience, it can be harmful. But those difficult experiences with somebody who is trained in helping people who are having difficult experiences, 
can oftentimes end up being life-changing. And so there's the research so far at Johns Hopkins University um, and, and the Imperial College in London, I think UCLA has done some stuff as well. Um, there's like really promising stuff. People with, um, there's one study with like uh, participants had treatment resistant depression or anxiety and over half of them after one high dose trip they had no symptoms of depression or anxiety a full year after their trip but most people in that study at some point in their trip had very difficult experiences but they had a trained professional a therapist there to help them integrate both during the experience and afterwards and so i think that that's something that's really missing from the psychedelic experience a lot of folks have nowadays beautiful new app i want to um plug it's free completely free psychedelic peer support line called the fireside project it's available on the app store i, I believe it's available on the the google play store as well um so and there's a, a phone number that you can call off their website you can text um so either google fireside project go to their website there's links to download the app or look it up on the app store um but it's uh confidential so you won't be able to be traced back to your identity if you're worried about that um, so that's an amazing first step, I think. But ultimately, I hope to see clinics where folks can have low to no cost, psych sacred psychedelic experiences in the presence of somebody who is able to help them um, integrate, whether it's a good or bad experience. But um, if you're left to do it on your own, it can be so difficult, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, now you got me wondering how, how I can be trained. Because, you know, like, I, li I like to think I can help, you know, guide someone or, you know, get them away from, like, you know, digging themselves in a hole. But I am not trained. I just like to think I can because of my experiences, you know. Uh, and that, I sure. think that is dangerous, right? That is my, my hubris being dangerous because, you know, I don't, I might put somebody <laughs> in, in a bad position. Um, but, yeah, man, I think we could talk about this a lot more. Like, like I said, part two, part two. Uh I do want to ask if you saw my friend recently um, talked to me about a study that he came across about uh, shrooms. And it was that, you know, over decades of use, some people end up being um, I don't know, selectively mute. So like they just feel like maybe they're so in tune with everything that they feel like whatever they say isn't going to change anything or it doesn't in a sense matter so they're like just completely quiet and they're just they're more like taking things in um I ask because that got me worried about myself because uh, aside <laughs> aside from this yeah. podcast i'm a pretty quiet dude for the same sense of like you know i, I i'm more of a listener i want to hear what's going on it helps me kind of like process things and maybe find the right words to that i think are like valuable in this point in time um, so yeah, I don't know. Any, any thoughts on that for you? I, I'm not familiar with that. And if you wouldn't mind, um, you got my email, right? Yeah, 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 I do. I do. We can swap resources. I'll send you some stuff on, on guiding, um, and like other resources I think you might be interested in. If you could send me the stuff you got, I'd love that. But um, I'm you. not familiar with that, but okay. briefly yeah. my thoughts are, I think, it's possible to overdo it. Um, like it's not always the right to take a psychedelic drug. I think um, there's things that one can see um, or experience in those spaces um, that are really difficult to deal with. And 
I think if you see certain stuff enough times, or even if you just become so accustomed to that space, I see it changing your map, the way you interface with this space, with regular waking consciousness, in a way that could affect your social life um, in a way that we would see as negative from the outside. Um, so I, I definitely see that. Um, and I think that like they should be treated with respect. I think it's possible to overdo it. I think um, people, we got to be honest with ourselves about, you know, why, like, why are we reaching for this? Like, is it for healing? Is it for exploration of the mind and connecting with other people? Um, or is it, are, is somebody bored and needs an out? Because I think um, that's a totally okay thing to feel. Being bored, obviously, like everybody goes through that. But um, I think psychedelics are not a particularly wise choice for escaping boredom. That that's that's a roll of the dice that doesn't usually end um, pleasantly for everybody. I know a lot of folks who did that for a while, and it end, usually ends with a very difficult experience that people take a lot of time to uh, to deal with. At least in the the people I've come into contact with that have described their recreational use to me. Um, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Once we trade resources, maybe you take a look if I can find that article. You know, maybe there's stuff, something I'm missing, or something me and my friend was missing that you'll you'll be able to break down a little bit better. Uh, sure. But, but all right, let's keep keep. <laughs> we got about. 20 minutes left in the interview man uh, oh, man. but don't worry this, this has been a great conversation um, and I hope you're having fun it's been fun for me too so yeah for sure man super awesome. grateful to be here for sure man uh, the second question is uh, if someone were to pay you a tribute how would you like to be honored so if I was going to tell myself today I'm going to do something in honor of Peter what, what kind of act could I do for you man I would say express as large an act of love as you could, you know? Um, and, and if it's in the cards, if you, if you believe in the, the kind of like all encompassing impersonal, but it's, it's impersonal in the sense that it's like, it's regardless of who you are, it's there for you. Like an expression of that kind of love, you know? Um, I think if somebody were to make a tribute in my honor, um, I would want it to benefit as many people as possible. Um, I think there's a lot of folks who are hungry and um, in need of support. And I would love to see something, if something was going to, to have my name on it, um, I would love to see it yield some kind of relief to people who need that. Um, and ultimately, like if the tribute has something to do with my memory, I hope to be remembered as a person who, um, was kind to others and, and showed love. Um, ultimately I think every person deserves deep unconditional love from everybody else. And that there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of conditions in the way of that that we all have to pick up the pieces for, and we all have to do our, our piece to work on that. But that ultimately, um, I would love to see someone move the world an inch in that direction um, in honor of my name, if it, if it was a tribute to me. 
that's dope man well well now we know now we know because that's the whole purpose of this question is that you know everyone that knows you will now know what what they could do do for you uh and then my so i guess to make it specific maybe a don't maybe a there's a there's a an organization called give well that um so I, I feel like might as well make it specific if i made the general claim there's a organization called give well um and they their their aim essentially is to figure out which organizations do the most good for every unit of resource given to them and so i would like to see if it's like a monetary donation um like a donation to a, a give well like a top rated give well charity um i would really love to see that thank you for telling me about that um because that is one of the biggest things for me when i think about charity or giving to donating to a charity is like how do i really know uh you know if i could trust trust them so give well i'm definitely gonna be looking into that uh yeah for sure man for sure it's good to be awesome, specific man. yeah yeah and then my last question of the warm-up for you is on a scale from one to ten how well do you know yourself oh man i would say I think I know myself from the first person. I, I know what it's like to be me. I think 100%. Um, that I, I, I guess like I've been here experiencing my thoughts and feelings and emotions and all the events the whole time. And so like, I know what I've been through, but me as a person to other people, me as the body, that makes noises to other people and and makes other people feel a certain way i don't think i know how other people feel about me very well um people in my life describe how they think others connect with me generally and it often surprises me um and so i think that that's an indicator that i don't know the self other people's know me as as well so I guess I know what it's like here in the home of my own mind pretty well. So I would I would put it like maybe eight or nine. I said 100%, but maybe like eight or nine. And then from the outside, looking at Peter, the person, I would say maybe like a five or a four. I gotcha. I gotcha. I like how you broke it down too, from like the first person and I guess kind of like the third person point of view of, you know, how you come off to other people. And you just gave me a thought basically like i think more most people do know the first person like they know how they're feeling they know all that stuff but once you realize the third person part of like what it is about you that you bring to other folks and like um i think that's the most powerful part is because then you kind of start you know i think that's where loving yourself begins too it's because like all of a sudden you know the thought of because I think we we generally hate ourselves right like we always think we can do better we can always mm. improve but then for other folks out there like they it almost feels like the way they see us um is that love that we should have for ourselves you know because people will talk you up they'll gas you up and then for you you're like well no it's not like that you know you guys are tripping but uh yeah so that's the thought you gave me by breaking those two apart is just that maybe that's where 
we begin to love ourselves is when we can kind of realize mm. what, how other people are seeing us and accept it you know so yeah yeah thank you for that <laughs> but, thank uh, you man yeah wow yeah that's beautiful words man right on man hey yeah you you helped formulate that that idea right there um all right well we made it to the main portion of the interview where you either choose your destiny or we can go to the wheel of fate we might have time for just uh one spin or one number but that's all good which sure. way would you like to go um let's go to the wheel of fate oh let's do it boom all right giving it a spin and uh what what level would you like to be at easy medium or hard like each number has a has a level so you got number 19 um, let's go hard let's go hard all right here we go so uh number 19 hard is when was the last time you felt like you had enough mm. wow that's a, such a good question that's such a good question man oh I'm going to say right now, hmm. um, I think that this really cycles for me. Um, I think it's kind of a design flaw in human beings that we, I think our tendency is to hoard and to feel like we're missing out. And like, if only we had the next thing, then we'd be happy. Um, and then like you get the next thing and like, there's the, the rush of like, you got the new thing and then you completely acclimate and it's normal and your life is unchanged and you're left with the person that's underneath all the drip, you know? Um, yeah. and so I think I forget that sometimes I forget it a lot. And like, I'm left craving new things, you know, like new experiences, new possessions, but, um, I feel very fortunate that like a central lesson in the waking or in the waking up course, the, the meditation course I used is that like to somebody, like you're probably living the dream life. Like somebody out there would give up any amount of effort to get where you are right now. And that like, they would consider their prayers answered to be where you are right now. And even you, like if you got into a car crash tomorrow and like you thought, either you were going to die or your life would be changed forever by the injury you just experienced. Like you would do anything just to be where you were the night before, you know, like sitting in a computer, talking to a, an amazing human, engaging about, you know, I guess I'm saying from my perspective, I'm sitting here with you. I, I'm just having a blast having this conversation that like, it's easy for me to sit here and feel like there's something missing. But when I pay attention to it, there is nothing missing. You know, my life is complete right now. And the work becomes in my mind, how do I, how do I work to increase well-being in the net for all people? You know, like the fact that I was born in a situation where I had family that encouraged me to try and told me that I could. And like that I had, I was fortunate to have teachers that encouraged me to try and told me that I was able. And here I am in college my second year of college, um, I'm on track to, to finish it. You know, I'm so far, there's no, there's no reason why I, I can't do that. And that fact alone, I can rejoice. I can sit here and say like, dude, I'm living the dream life. Um, and so 
I would say right now I feel I feel like I have enough you know I feel like I have a surplus you know I feel like I got a lot to give the fact that I was born into a situation where um the odds were in my favor to do well I feel like I owe it to a lot of people to um show love and be there for them so I feel like I have I have more than enough um and the last time I didn't feel like that was earlier today (laughs) you know yeah yeah I mean it's something we have to always remind ourselves right like uh, just to be grateful just to be grateful man um you know my prayers have you know I I'm a spiritual dude I like to think you know something's out there looking out for us in some way um but yeah like you know my prayers have changed from like asking for things to just saying thank you and keeping it at that because uh, i don't mm. feel like there's really much more I, I need to say in that moment i know there's other moments well to say more but every day thank you is the thing that i need to say for sure um for all the reasons you just said you know it's like really just having that self-awareness and the awareness of what other people are going through is just like bananas and like you know it's mm. you know we're just taking granted taking for granted little things and i'm not a rich dude man i, I live with my folks at 31 I, I work at a job that pays me less than 20 dollars an hour in the bay area mm. but uh yeah it's like but i love what i do i work with kids um mm. and I, I love doing this you know being having these conversations with folks which took me a long time to get to i've i've made mistakes i've had failures and you were talking about quarantine being a transformative, uh, you know, time in your life. For me too, man. This this podcast came out of that because I had so much time to think about like what it is that I really want to do in my life, um, and yeah, all those things kind of fell in place. And I'm just super thankful where, that I feel like I am where I need to be. And you know, talking mm. to you, talking to you know, people about real shit, and you know, having them have this this video or sound clip or whatever just i I think it it goes up in value as time goes on you know so yeah (laughs) i I feel you on that for sure um all right man well uh we made it to the final stretch (laughs) of the podcast just got a few closeout questions for you but before we do all that um i do this thing called the 34th mantra with my guest and I, i just have a few fill in the blanks for you um, and it is, I am blank, I can blank, and I will blank. So how would you fill that out for yourself? First one's I am. I am hopeful. Sure. Second one is I can blank. I can strive to make a difference. Um, sure. And uh, the last one is I will blank. I will do what I can. For sure. Sure. Well, those those three little phrases, man, uh, now you kind of have to remind yourself. You know, you're, you're speaking to yourself right there. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe one day it'll come in handy, hopefully. Uh, but uh, all right, man made it to the final stretch and my next question is from my previous guest uh shout mm. out to whack donuts 
Um, he's I don't know if you ever tried Whack Donuts. They're out here also in Oakland. I believe they're based in based in mm-hmm. San Francisco, but uh, they've been expanding to Oakland and whatnot. Um, but yeah, Whack Donuts wants to ask you, do you have any regrets at this point in your life? I would say absolutely. There are things that if I could go back and do something differently, I would. And if that's uh, if that's regret, I, I have regrets 100%. And there's things I've said to people and, um, you know, things I've said to myself and choices that I've made that I, if I could do differently, if I could rewind the clock, I would. But on some level all is forgiven you know they're not deep regrets i i acknowledge that like i did those things because i thought they were right at the time you know and like it's not like anything deep or or like nobody was hurt um you know it's not like it wasn't that serious you know on some level so i feel at peace with most of it but um they pop up now and again and i have to sift through that as they pop up so yeah i would say i have regrets for sure man for sure yeah it was, it's interesting i had this conversation with uh the students i work with uh we were talking about what emotion would you get rid of if you could get rid of one and uh mine mine was regret you know uh wow. I think that, that's been a driving force in my life which Bad, for better or for worse, you know, um, could be motivating, could be depressing, but uh, yeah, it definitely has been a big, a big part of my life. And you know, like you said, I guess I'm I'm still working on the forgiveness part. You know, uh, mm. I guess forgiving my, myself for making those bad decisions. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the at at the end of my time, um, things will fall into place. I, at least that's what I believe will fall into place and those regrets won't seem like regrets anymore you know Mm. Uh, but yeah we'll see we'll see to be determined Uh, but uh, my next question for you is what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions you could go heavy or light it's all up to you someone already asked what are you grateful for you know um i don't think so but even if they have it's it's all good because that's your question for the next guest it's not like you know there's sure. any going to be any repeats or nothing like that but what mm. are you grateful for i like that that's like a positive heavy one for me. <laughs> yeah for sure yeah yeah and uh my last question for you the question that kind of ties everything together is you know couple generations down the road let's say 100 maybe 200 years from now your descendants are watching this this video what would you like to tell them oh that's beautiful man man hang in there don't give up don't give up if there's pieces to pick up pick them up get after it you know there's no time to lose on on loving each other and and trying to make the world the way you want to see it hopefully we'll have done a a good job uh setting those guys up but um grab your neighbor and love him to death you know there's no time to lose it's not a dress rehearsal this is uh this is the real life right here you know this is the show we gotta 
do everything we can to uh, to make our people feel at home. And I think all people are your people. So uh, yeah, man. Grab somebody and show them love. Michelle, Michelle. Any last things you'd like to add before we head out of here? Man, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to do this. Uh, I feel like I've, I've just from your interjections, I learned stuff and uh, it's so beautiful on my end to be able to connect with you and uh, be able to talk to somebody from the Bay Area. It's been a long time since I, I, uh, I lived there. So um, I hope to come back and reconnect because my pops lives out there now again. Um, so it's just such a pleasure to be able to talk to you about this stuff, man. We really, we talked about stuff that's right at the center of my life. And, uh, I'm grateful for you listening to me about all this stuff and, and creating a space where people can do this, man. I'm sure people, you give people so much excitement doing this. Um, I feel like this is such a beautiful space, man. And, uh, the fact that you're, you're in contact with people who are really boots on the ground, um real world perspectives it's such a beautiful thing that you're doing man so thank you for creating this platform and this space it's a beautiful thing uh, likewise man uh, thank thank you for the kind words you know like like we we were talking about earlier sometimes we just don't know that that third person perspective on on what we're doing and stuff and uh yeah i mean it's slowly but surely i feel like i'm kind of embracing what it is like you know because for me this is this is what i'm enjoying to do but you know for for you as a guest it's just like okay well damn this is kind of special and you know for me i'm I'm trying to kind of accept that <laughs> and um mm. pr- try to provide that for everyone as well um but yeah man I, thank you again for coming through and and sharing your perspectives and you know you're 19 bro you're you're gonna grow and you're gonna learn more stuff you're gonna pick up more stuff and it's gonna like just continue to you're gonna continue to evolve and um very fortunate to have you on and when you're 19 because i i don't know what you're gonna be doing when you're 30 you know in the field you're doing um you know i might need to get a cut from you at some point you know we'll, we'll see what happens down the road if i still yeah, got here <laughs> uh yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, that's, there's a reason why there's a reason why I wear beanies in on, in every episode, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll see though. I'm, I'm doing what I can to hold on. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Yeah. I'm right behind you. Hey, I'm right behind you. <laughs> don't jinx yourself, man. Don't jinx yourself. Um, but yeah, man. Thank you again. Uh, I want to thank all the folks out there who tuned in. If you're listening on Spotify or YouTube. Much love as well. Um, if you liked it, please like it. If you loved it, go ahead and subscribe and share. Remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. Peace. And then this is like my my ending credits type thing. Um, yeah, man, just wanted to ask you um, how you felt after that. I know, you, you know, it's this is kind of the way I get my feedback from my guests. Um, but yeah. Any any thoughts? Anything you'd like to add or that you could see I can add to the show or maybe remove? Go go for it. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I thought you asked great questions, man. And I appreciate you um, letting me go long form with my answers. Um, obviously, sometimes I struggle to keep things concise. So I really appreciated you given that space, given that that's what worked for, for me as an individual. And so I think, uh, I thought you, you asked really good questions. I appreciate that you're willing to go personal with it. Um, and 
I think I would enjoy like having a full conversation with you and like hearing about your in-depth perspectives on all these things too. But I understand that like it might just be the format of the show that you want having like your guests do most of the talking. So I totally understand if that's like how you want to have it structured. But um, I would just love to hear your perspectives too. Um, so maybe some other time, if you got time to just have a conversation.